Coming up, the new Beauty and the Beast soundtrack is on Spotify and Apple Music. We've gotten our first look at Thor and his brand new look, as well as some uh, Dumbo live action and Aladdin live action news we're going to be talking about, and much more in this episode of Diz Pop. Pop is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect vacation. Visit them on the web at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Well, hello, everybody. I am your host, Ryan O'Clavin. This is Diz Pop, and today I am joined by the one and only Steve Porter. Hey, guys. Uh, so, sorry, I, it's hard to look at the buttons and the camera. If you are watching this, you'll notice I'm not actually in my house right now because I thought it would just be easier to do it in the studio today. In fact, we're going to do a little bit of an overhaul with Diz Pop. Um, maybe come into the studio a little bit more and uh, save those out of the studio things for a little more special occasions. It just makes my life a little bit easier. And it also allows me to have you guys join in on conversations a little bit more randomly, like Steve today, who didn't yeah. know he was going to be in this episode. No, no, that's cool. I like being a special guest. Well... Let's not get carried away. I'm special. That's why you're a guest. Um, <laughs> I like how I lean towards the special part of special, and you lean towards the guest part of guest. Special guest. Yeah. 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 Your yeah. mom instilled too much. Uh, I'm just a little egotistical. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, we got loads to talk about today, um, and yeah, so we're here. We're in the studio, and I figure we just dive in. So this morning, that is uh, Friday, March 10th, the Beauty and the Beast soundtrack showed up on Apple Music and Spotify. And Spotify. Sorry, I keep leaning away from my mic. You're not Rhino. I mislabeled these buttons. I also borrowed the uh, universal lighting. I apologize, Craig, if you're watching this. It was the only one that could brighten up our faces enough, so... We'll get there eventually to the other setting. But, um, yeah, exciting news. Beauty and the Beast, Spotify, Apple Music. Um, and the first thing you're going to notice if you go to listen to it or look at it is the track listing is um, – I think it's a little bit uh, different than we expected because there was a lot of speculation about – so the runtime of this movie is about 40 minutes longer than the animated one. And the speculation was that they were going to add in songs from the uh, the Broadway version of the movie. Mm. And we've now learned that that is not the case. But there are songs that weren't in the original animated film, right? Yes, exactly. There are uh, several song editions, and I will read them for you right now. Um, there's one called How Does a Moment Last Forever. Now, that in the film is sang by Maurice, Belle's father, played by Kevin Klein, And the, I don't know what you call them, the stylized version? The, like... Oh, like Pop Ariana version. Grande version? Yeah, that that um, that those ones, um, th that one is sang by Celine Dion, so that's the song she's okay. going to sing. Um, and then there's another song called Evermore, which is sang by The Beast, played by Dan Stevens in the film, and Josh Groban sings that one on the soundtrack. Mm. Uh, Ariana, um, or there's a song called Aria, sang by Audra McDonald, um, and this song plays in the middle of the two, um, bless you, in the two of the main like intro songs where the narrator's talking so it's like it's the you know the narrator who's like there once was a beast or oh, yeah, a, yeah. a prince in a castle um so this is kind of that song that i think's being sang while he's having like a grand party or something like that and um it's just it's it's part of the overture almost so um there's that and then one more um called days in the sun which is sang by the servants during the film so stanley tucci and, yeah. and the likes in there um so yeah, so there's a deluxe soundtrack where you get to hear some of the demo versions of the song um, sang, and uh, that that uh, that's really cool. So Alan Menken is on there singing some of these demo songs, and uh, what, what was I going to say? I just lost my 
place here. And the score is also included as well in this. So Steve and I had a chance to listen to this this morning. Steve, yeah. your thoughts? Uh, I'm no expert at vocals. Uh, I no. enjoyed it. But yeah, I enjoyed it. I, th- I thought it was cute. It was, you know, it was, it was good. Uh, but again, I'm not any expert. I thought since I set up your shot, you've lost about two inches on your headspace. You are getting, you're becoming a child more and more. Slowly shrinking. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, there was one weird song. I don't remember what it was, but it sounded like a weird nursery rhyme song. That's the one that Belle's father is singing to her because it is actually a music box that's okay. playing the music that he's singing to. Well, that would make so. sense. Yeah, um, I I thought everybody sounded good. Overall, I enjoyed it. Um, it doesn't sound offensive to the original at all. For mm-hmm. me, it's it's basically the equivalent of like, there's a Broadway version of Beauty and the Beast soundtrack that you can listen to. Mm-hmm. There's a movie version of Beauty and the Beast that you can listen to. This is just another version of that yeah. that you can listen to. So it's That's not going to sound identical, mm-hmm. but I, I think it sounds good. Um, I will say um, it doesn't quite... Now, it's just listening to it. It's not seeing anything. It doesn't quite have that, uh, like, crescendo feel I want to it, especially kind of in the Be Our Guest song, which I've only listened to once. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't want to, like, I don't want to knock anything down. It's just a shame because, you know, Ian McGregor's got this really, really powerful voice, as you know, from Moulin Rouge that I feel like isn't quite uh, showcased very not well here. utilized all the way. Um, yeah, sorry. I had to double check to make sure we were actually recording our thoughts. Otherwise, <laughs> this would have been a great personal conversation. No, yeah. So what's quite it's, but I listened to it again and I grew on it a little bit more. But it also, I've noticed some of the songs have a little bit of uh, musical leeway in them, where clearly there's going to be a big dance number. Okay. And so I love a good big dance number. So I'm pretty happy about that. Um, one thing that stood out very specifically is the change in lyrics to Gaston. Hmm. I don't know if you noticed this, but um, they took out um, the, uh, the 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 line in the song where every last inch of me is covered with hair. Oh, so that's no longer in there. And they also there was a line about uh, Tourette's in it, and that's that, a good move. That's removed. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that's. But you know what's crazy is that like the '90s weren't that long ago. You would think that that mistake would have been fixed by by now, or or like they the, even it, in it, the '90s it wouldn't have been in the in the movie. Well, is what I meant. It might have been changed. I, oh yeah, I see what you're saying. Because I was gonna say it might have been changed from the Broadway yeah, into yeah. the Broadway version. I don't. But I, I don't. Know, I guess. I yeah, I I worded that wrong. I meant. I'm surprised that they even accepted that in a movie in the 90s. Yeah. Um, well, it's not necessarily said, uh, uh, well, maybe it is offensively. He just says, and the rest is all Tourette's. Like, I don't know. That's what it sounds like he's saying. Correct me if I'm wrong. It could not be Tourette's. It could not be what he's saying. But that's what I've always heard. If it, well, if it isn't, we just are looking really bad right Yeah. Now. Well, <laughs> I should have Googled that before we started. But either way, that's not in there. And that's all I can imagine is why they changed it is because it had something to do with that. But... Um, but it sounds, but he's, the other song he sings is about like sneaking up on an animal and shooting it with an arrow and murdering right in the liver. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. But there is a, there's a little bit of a song space, a little bit of a musical, uh, in between in there that is clearly there's going to be a big dance number. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, I look forward to it. It sounds positive. It sounds, it sounds good. Um, I'm enjoying it so far. I know people have had the uh, the woo, have had the uh, the big complaints about um, about uh, it being too uh, too. What's the word I'm looking for? What's the thing you do on iTunes? Oh, auto tuned. Yeah, it's about it being too auto tuned. Um, and I don't care. It's a movie. Whatever. I'm used yeah. to that. That's what they do. Well, in and as long as I don't know, if we enjoy it, 
I, do you know what it is? I think with that, it's people make the assumption, okay, Emma Watson hasn't had a big movie where she sang. I don't even know if this is that. We were trying to figure out if this was her first. Her singing debut. debut. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I believe it is. but So it probably is people take that and they say, oh, well, she's probably a crappy singer then. And so let's just say that because she's auto-tuned that she's then way worse than everyone else. Well, I'm sure like people that are known for being great singers, when they're in a huge movie like this, they're auto-tuned you know, slightly too. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, unless they're like singing in camera, right. like, like, it, you know, La La Land kind of did the both. It did, you know, that like, and, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what people, I'm, it, that's, that's the difference between live performance and recorded performance. Right. You know what I mean? So it's, I don't really have that big of an issue with it, but yeah. that's them. It's not going to, it's not going to kill me. But the next, uh, next little bit of, uh, big news that we, that we got here was uh, we Entertainment Weekly, uh, their issue this week, has our first look at the new uh, look for Thor, um, for Thor 3 for Ragnarok. And um, so it's got Kate Blanchett. Um, it's got, uh, my goodness, I forget, um, the girl on the far right's name is Valkyrie in the movie, but I can't remember. I want to say Tessa Thompson. but um, And then Thor, who has lost the golden locks. Oh, he has short hair. Bum, bum, bum. And the, this cover, too, if you're watching, it's very colorful, and it looks very... It looks like, uh, what's that that movie that just came out, the, Su- the Suicide Squad? Oh, don't even say that. But it looks like you're that. You're breaking my it? heart now. Um, but we uh, we got a couple of behind-the-scenes photos um, of on set, um, and uh, one other, some other fun things that we got here was a look kind of at Thor in his costume. Um and uh, also everyone's favorite uh, trickster, yeah, Loki. Dude. Then we have Kate uh, Blanchett as Hela, the uh, the bad guy. And she's looking very uh, goth here, very emo. And then our wonderful uh, Jeff Goldblum looking as ridiculous as I had hoped. <laughs> with uh, he looks wearing... like he's in the tanning bed a couple too many. No, times. did you see that episode of Friends where uh, Joey Rock. found out about the blue lipstick that uh, Chan? Uh, Joey, sorry, Chandler found out about the blue lipstick Joey was selling in. Like Japan or China or I've watched somewhere. all the Friends episodes, but I don't remember. He like puts it on and, uh, uh, gosh, what does he say? But anyway, that's what it kind of looks like in this photo. But um, this, uh, and then we got our first look at uh, Valkyrie here as well, um, who they're saying maybe part of the franchise now, maybe introducing a new character. He but doesn't. He doesn't look like Thor anymore. You don't think so? I think the hair was a big part of it. Well, there is a there is a Thor. Um, there is a version of Thor that has short hair. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is a, it's abrupt because it's like he's it's got it. He's got the long hair at the end of Doctor Strange. Yeah. Oh, spoiler alert it, for that cameo. It's almost like he didn't like he wanted a haircut, and so he's like, I'll only sign on to do the movie if I can have a, if my character gets a haircut. Yeah, I'm tired of wearing wigs. Yeah. Who would ever get tired of wearing wigs? That's the real question. Um, uh, Tess Thompson. Yeah, Tessa Thompson, I was right. Um, so I do have a little bit of uh, some plot details here as well. I'll go over. So according to EW, um, Loki's rule of Asgard has led to the release of Hela. She is the, uh, or Hela, Hela, I don't know. It's a hella cool name. Um, uh. I hate myself. Who to secure, um, so anyway, so Loki's rule of Asgard has led to the release of Hela, who to secure power sends Thor to gladiatorial gladiatorial i said the right planet sakar um there he is forced by jeff goldblum's grandmaster to fight in the ring against the waylaid hulk 
after which the pair reunite and embarked on what is described as a road trip film. So ah. it's pretty interesting. We haven't really had a look at the Hulk just yet. Um, but um, from my understanding is that the Hulk himself will be a little bit smart in this. He'll, he won't just be – Mark Ruffalo has said that he's not going to be just like the rage machine we've seen in the Avengers. Oh, wow. So I think the green the green guy himself may actually – have, like, see, see his like more more of the character of the Hulk, Hulk as opposed to Bruce Banner, yeah. Um, but this has also said that this movie does not take pl- it takes place mostly away from Earth, but we do know that Doctor Strange will be in the movie as well as a cameo because he's got to help Loki find um, find uh, Odin, his father, because we know that Loki replaced him on the throne. So, oh. so it sounds it sounds pretty exciting. I'm I'm very excited. It, it, the basically the director has said that. This is going to be kind of a reinvention of the franchise, so it's almost like they're starting over, which is great because for me, um, I I like the first one. I don't really like the second one. I and I, like I love Thor and like the Avengers, and yeah. I like you know. So I want to see. I've heard that this one's is, got some humor, which I appreciate. Is Natalie Portman's character not a thing anymore? I think she's pretty much done, and I don't know how they're going to acknowledge that in the films, huh. especially. She, I feel like, missed out because I don't think at the time when she was didn't want to do the movie anymore. She didn't want to do the movie because she was upset that the director who they were going to do for Thor 2 quit. And so she didn't want to do the movie, but they're like, well, you're contracted. You're, you're to do it. Yeah. So she was made to be in the movie. And, um, so I think she kind of wants to be done. I think they're kind of done dealing with love interests hmm. as well. I have heard rumor in the new Avengers, though, that Betty Brant. Uh, I think that's her name. Uh, Liv Tyler, who played the love interest in the original Hulk movie with Edward Norton, may be making an appearance. So, like her father, oh, wow. she's the daughter of uh, Thaddeus Ross, who was in Civil War, the guy who did the Sokovia, the general guy. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's his daughter. So they're saying like she might come back and they'll bring, mm-hmm. they'll finally bring it kind of full circle a little bit, and that would be great. Because I would love it if they tied up those loose ends like that. Yeah. Okay, it's fine that they don't want to pursue this like love interest movie anymore because yeah. I like that they're getting out of that format. But I also don't want it at the expense of making the other movies pointless either. Right, you know? right, right. I, I like that they're just doing these. Sm- it's almost like they're doing mini Avengers. Yeah, I like the team up films. I like yeah. it. I like it like sprinkled they, through. They, they all had their individual films, and now like they're kind of doing their mini collabs. Well, it makes it feel more realistic that you kind of you don't always hang out with every friend you know. It's right, kind of right. like you hang out with one or two one at a time. Two. Sometimes, but yeah. also it's realistic in the sense that like if something's threatening the Earth, you wouldn't say like, "Oh, I also know this other guy who has superpowers." Yeah. So it is realistic in that way that like you know they are you know you know teaming off in in smaller groups, and then for the Avengers, they're coming together for the big stuff. Yeah, yeah, I agree completely. Um, especially, you know. I don't know. There's a lot of exciting things in the future for Marvel. Obviously, our big, big, giant team-up is on its way, being filmed right now for the rest of the year. I'm super excited for Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which is coming out in May. Thor is coming out in November. And, um, yeah. So I've got some news about the Aladdin live-action remake. Yeah. So um, the uh, it looks like there was a casting call put out online, and um, this casting call... Um, was looking for Aladdin and Jasmine, and the li- the listing is looking for people that fit uh, their Middle Eastern between 18 to 25, must be able to sing, and dance experience is a plus. It said rehearsals beginning April 2017, shooting expected to take place July 27th through January 2018 in the UK. Um, so it kind of looks like they have this casting call out there to be like, we're not going to whitewash this film. Yeah. Don't worry. 
which is really cool. But um, there's also no word on whether this has anything to do with the proposed. There was a Genies movie in development, mm -hmm. and that was going to be a live action prequel to Aladdin finding the genie. Oh. And so it was going to be kind of about what happened that they become enslaved and they're in that lamp. And oh, wow. I don't know if that's just kind of disappeared. Is um, that, and I don't mean to sound like uh, dark, but it was that plan before Robin Williams passed away? And then, um, it, like, was that part of why it never got... I don't know. Well, it was the live action, so I don't know if it mattered. Because he, he wouldn't have been in the live action, I'm assuming. But we, that's just an assumption because, you know, James Earl Jones is still Mufasa in The Lion King, so we don't know. And maybe. That could be it. Um, I believe that Guy Ritchie is directing Aladdin um, as well. So that's interesting that that's really being kind of fast-tracked all of a sudden here. Um, I look forward to it. I'm kind of hoping that they get James... Uh, Ingle Inglehart is that who it is who plays him on Broadway the genie? Oh, I rec I have the guy in my head. Yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I, I kind of like him, and I kind of hope they yeah. they go with him to keep That'd it be cool. Keep it. In Although the didn't game. he just move to like Hamilton or something? Oh, maybe I don't know. I think he did. I know he was on Kimmy Schmidt twice. Huh? But anyway, <laughs> but um, some more news we've got here on another live action uh, animated remake because that's the name of the game right now in Disney. And uh, Dumbo. So we talked about on this show that Will Smith was in the... Will Smith and Tom Hanks were both up for parts in Dumbo. Mm. Um, and Will Smith has passed on the role that he was offered. I'm not sure whether the same is true for Tom Hanks. Uh, Eva Green is in talks to star as the lead, Colette. And Eva Green was the woman who just starred in Miss Peregrine's Home for... Um, or Miss Peregrine's The or, Peculiar or pecu Children. Yeah, 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 yeah. I read the book and I can't even remember the name still. Um but, uh, yeah, so uh, Tim Burton's directing this. Um, so I, th I have this feeling that Eva Green is actually the new Helena Bonham Carter, now that they've split ways. Uh. But um, Danny DeVito, the big thing is Danny DeVito is now in talks to, for the role of Medici, a circus owner whose small operation is taken over by the film's big baddie, Vandermeer. That sounds awesome. That sounds like the Penguin. Well, I believe that, well, you're just saying that. That's rude. You're assuming circus person is small. No, no, no. Like how he was the penguin in the Batman movie? Yeah, Tim Burton. That's their relationship. Yeah, yeah. So Danny DeVito playing a similar character. That's what I'm saying. Why does that mean? Well, the penguin is not at the head of a circus. Are you saying because yeah, but, he had no, all the but penguins? but it's a very similar, like... Well, he's not a bad guy. He's not... A, he's. It sounds like he's a good guy in this. Because oh. it says he's a circus owner whose small operation is taken over by the film's bad guy. Oh, we don't know, though. Okay, we don't okay. know. But, um, but yeah, you're, you bring that up. Danny DeVito worked with Tim Burton in um, – although now that you have said that, now it is giving me a lot of – It's, it's going to be a Lotso Bear thing. Yeah. Where you think he's the nice circus guy, and then it's going to be – He takes a turn. Yeah. Bites your nose it, right off. Calling it now. Um, but um, he's, he has a relationship with both Tim Burton and Disney. He was Phil in um, the animated Hercules. And, uh, yeah, so – so that's that. I'm wondering if uh, Tom Hanks is going to be playing the bad guy because that was the role he was offered. Mm. That would be kind of cool. That, that would be cool. Tom Hanks hasn't really been a bad guy. Yeah. And I'd love to see that. And I know he said he wanted to be a bad guy in the Avengers movies, so I don't know why the studio casting did not hop on that. Because yeah. he, uh, you want Tom Hanks says he wants to be in your superhero movie. You get Tom Hanks in your superhero movie. Yes. Um. So just last um, here, I just want to talk for a few minutes, and then I'll, I'll let you go, like we're in a classroom. <laughs> but uh, I saw Logan this week, finally. I was out in Disneyland, so I didn't, I didn't have an opportunity to see it um, 
when it the day it came out. But uh, you know, this movie's getting a lot of hype. It's like ninety three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got a ninety five percent approval by audiences. Um, this is Hugh Jackman's last uh, hurrah in the role of Wolverine. Um, also known as Logan. And uh, also Patrick Stewart has said he's retiring from the role of Professor Xavier after this film as well, who's also in the film, um, except for unless they want him to be on. Have you seen this new show, Legion, on FX? Uh, I've heard about it, and I've seen trailers with Aub- uh, Aubrey, Aubrey Plaza, Plaza yeah. in it. It's I... crazy It's crazy weird, super creative, but it's great. And And... David is from the comic books. I, I don't want to spoil this if this is a thing on the show because I'm, I'm only up to like episode three. But um, he is Professor Xavier's son in the comic book. So that's oh, why Patrick Stewart was like, sure, I'll do that. I'll be on that show. Oh, cool. Because I guess he likes the show. So that's kind of neat. I would, I would now FX. Get on it. I wasn't even on the right camera for that. <laughs> um, but anyway, I saw this film, the first rated R X-Men movie. Um, it's not really an X-Men movie. It's definitely a personal story. It's kind of like a Western. It's very dark. It's very gritty. Um, you know, it, uh, it, there's a girl in it, Daphne Keene, who plays Laura or X-23. And uh, I don't want to talk too much about the plot. I don't want to go into it too much because, there, you know, there's, there's been previews out that don't necessarily say what it's about. It's an on-the-road movie, and it's, it's basically Professor Xavier is suffering from dementia or um, something along those lines, Mm -hmm. and his powers are kind of like Logan's caring for him, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And it's basically about how, in the end, there's there's no more mutants haven't been born for like twenty years, and so it's a children of men situation. That is a plot point later in the movie, so they explain what happened, and um, this little girl shows up, and she's a mutant, and you know she's got the claws. So you're like, what's going on here? Um, so that's kind of all I'll say about that. So they're kind of on the run from this company. But this movie's excellent. This movie takes a lot of um, comic book movie tropes and just, like, right as they start to happen in the movie, it just shuts them down. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so it's really acknowledging that. It's very, like I said, it's very much influenced by it feels like a, a gritty Western um, because it's kind of like that you save the world, but then you don't have a place in it. Sort of like mm. that that mentality is that like this is what he's dealing with now is that they've the X Men are no longer a thing, and you know there are there are no mutants, and it's a really small personal story. There are not that many characters in this movie at all. I mean, it sounds like the three basically those three characters. Oh, that's pretty much it. And then there's a bad guy. There's yeah, yeah. you know, and there's um, and there is a an interesting like program uh, brought into it, but it. It is very um, – it's emotional. There, there are a couple parts where I was like, oh, wow, well, this is it, very intense. I'm, I'm, I can imagine with just having a smaller – you know, a lot of the X-Men yeah. movies, you're hopping around. So screen time for, you know, for the characters that you, you love or yeah. whatever is like spread out so that maybe like the main character is only on the screen for 15 minutes for a right. two-hour long movie. But if it's a movie that the whole movie – is just about essentially three characters. You get you kind of have well, that attachment. And on that, I I have this issue with the X Men movies sometimes. Is like okay, so X Men one way back when in like two thousand one, or two thousand I believe actually. Sorry, um, it was uh, you know it introduces us to this core group, and we're like this is the group. And then the next movie introduces more, and then the next movie introduces more, and introduces more. And that seems to be like what the X Men franchise feels like. It always has to do is just introduce at least like five to seven new mutants every time. And I'm like, no, I just want to see – so Cyclops was one of my favorite characters. Never got his time in the movies because they just kept 
with everything that happened with the switching Cycling of directors and, and, and Superman Returns. Yeah, so it just it, it just became too crowded. And you never mm-hmm. get those moments because it became like, well, we have to have something showy for the it's audience. It's always about the feature. Like, who else can we make them gasp by yeah, saying, like, yeah. and this guy's here. Right. And this one was basically like, no, this one's these characters, you yeah. know? Um, and they are... That's, this is them. This is his story, and this is like what it looks like at the end, you know. And so it's it's an excellent movie. Um, Hugh Jackman, uh, phenomenal performance. Uh, you know, he really does put his heart and soul into this role that he's been doing for I don't know seventeen years now. So, and I guess they've also said that he'll be involved in the casting if when if and when they get to that of a new Wolverine. Mm. Um, I do feel like this vaguely could have set up the. There's like a new mutants movie that's being worked on, and it's not x-men it's new mutants so there is like another x-men in the franchise movie coming along um but there's not um so i'm curious to see if you if and when you see the movie you know what i'm talking about because they use the phrase new mutants in this and i was like oh is the, are these the new mutants setting it up yeah so so but it doesn't it also doesn't feel like that it doesn't you don't laugh thinking like oh that's them for sure it was just me thinking in that movie maker mode but like i it very distinctly it feels like it's it just this one open. thing. Yeah, well, it's also what should be noted about the movie is really interesting, too. It acknowledges the X-Men f- as a franchise. It acknowledges it, it, like they're comic books in this. And oh. so the girl likes the comic book, and he's saying, like, you read this garbage. You know, uh, um, some of this happened, about a, uh, about a 25% of it, but oh, and not wow. in the way they said it happened. So it kind of skips around any sort of, like, if there's an inconsistency at all, it doesn't really have to be a slave to that because it exists in its own little bubble universe. Cause yeah. it, so not, so I don't want it to seem like it never references the other movies. Cause he mentions to professor Xavier or professor, pr- pr- professor Xavier says to him something about New York. And in the, in, you know, Logan says, well, New York was a long time ago because New- he's talking about Liberty Island in the first movie. And that was wow. the scene in the first movie. And then there's a, a, a samurai sword over one of his windows. So it's acknowledging the last movie too. And so, it's got those little moments. However, like Wolverine has his adamantium claws. I do also believe this movie, it takes place in 2029, which I believe is after days of future past. However, it also said it was its own thing. So it's not that big a deal, but that's the one thing in the franchise that never got resolved. He lost the adamantium claws at the end of the Wolverine, Mm -hmm. but then in days of future past, he has them again, but he's in the future. So you're like, Oh, it doesn't matter. He's in the future. He eventually gets them back. How did he get them back ever? That's what I want to know. So I guess that like that's their way of tiptoeing kind of around that situation. Not that big a deal, but that's kind of a smart way to do it though. It's just by saying like it, it, it separates itself by saying like by saying those comics are all you yeah. know mostly lore yeah. or whatever. It's like makes it so that they can kind of have the freedom to do whatever they want. It gave it a lot of really good breathing room. Um, so a uh, very dark movie though. The F word is said uh, a, a, an incredible amount of times uh, and. Very bloody because this is the first movie where Wolverine uses his claws and there's blood. So um, they kind of just embrace that R rating, but not in – it's not like Deadpool. You know, it's not that over-the-top um, – I forget the term for that when, like, you know, like Quentin Tarantino does it or whatever. It's just – it's kind of – it is what it is. Interesting, too, is the director has said that the Blu-ray will inc- include a black-and-white version of the film, and I would be interested mm-hmm. in seeing that because cool. I saw the opening in black-and-white um, when they teased it online and actually looked really interesting, very – Again, very gritty. I just, I just realized, I think I said in lore, but I meant to say not in lore, right? Because lore is like the history. Well, you, I, I got what you were saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. It made sense, so don't worry. But, but yeah, it's a good film. I'll probably check it out again. I would say, I would say go give it a shot. Um, 
you know, if nothing else, I feel like I feel like those of us who have been fans from of the X Men franchise at one point or another, we owe it to Hugh Jackman <laughs> to kind of say a little thank you. I don't know. It feels like here's Someone, one, one of the people who I've never seen so dedicated to a role. You know. Yeah. Someone on YouTube did like a a cut of all the Wolverine movies together. It's kind of cool. Maybe I'll show you after this. But oh, maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's it. Um, if you've seen Logan, I'd be curious to see what your thoughts are, what you thought. Do you think it was a fitting end to the film, uh, to the franchise, to him as the role? What's, what, do you, what are you guys thinking? Uh, but try and keep it spoiler-free because, like I said, this is a movie that I think everyone deserves to watch and just really enjoys a character piece. So, Steve, thank you for joining me today. Yeah, it was fun. It, it was good. Uh, and uh, maybe you'll be here next week when we're wearing the exact same clothes and oh, we're doing yeah. an episode next week. But We don't wash our clothes very often. Yeah, no. No, 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 no. Nah, bro. Save the water. Shower together. <laughs> Not like with you. I don't, okay, it got weird real quick. Um, but yeah, so that'll do it. Let me know what you guys think about this Disney live-action slate of movies, and that is actually going to be the topic of our next episode, so be sure that you tune into that. Um, subscribe on the YouTube channel, iTunes feed, all that jazz. Um, if you got something to talk about, uh, there's always the Twitter, Dispop Show, um, and uh, the comments on YouTube page, all feedback is welcome. Um, I try to take it into account and make it a little bit better every week. And, um, yeah, so that'll do it for this time. Uh, we'll catch you again in the next episode of Diz Pop.